Transmission will start in five seconds from now. Five, four, three, two, one, in. And welcome to Waffle Aunt Podcast. My name is Simon Eddings. And my name is Peter Coleman. And on this episode, we're talking about, would you say, would you call them like racing films? Some racing films. Some of the classic films involving speed. And I don't necessarily mean the drugs. Yeah, yeah. Um, any kind of car racing films. Um, we, we started off with a pretty short list and it soon expanded mm. into a very long list. Um, but anything involving cars even bikes um an element of speed and um, the thing i realized very soon after we started talking about this is you could just keep going and going and going Mm, yeah i looked at wikipedia the other day and um and there was i just typed in like racing films Hmm. and there's quite a big list of them really and and some of them i looked at and thought oh is that really a racing film i suppose it is but there's also like loads that I've, i've never heard of you know and you think oh well that's crazy also i've also realized that there's um a lot of myths about there's a lot of things that people think is true, which we'll get to in a bit, when mm. actually it's a lie. And then someone says, yeah. well, maybe he did. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we've got no Kelly today because um, basically he has no interest in fast cars or anything fast. Fast, nothing fast. Fast women, <laughs> fast cars. The only thing he's interested in is his dressing gown and being the dude. We do miss him, though. We do. So he's having, he's having um, uh, I say, this is, we're recording this in 2014. Uh, although it's going to be released in 2015. I have no idea what, what's going on then because I can't see in the future. Although I've yeah. got a nice TARDIS cup. We well, can't make any topical references. You no, know. no. Christ came back. You get Well, <laughs> who, who knew? <laughs> who knew? Who knew he turned up, turn up to be Idris Alba? Yeah. Always good. <laughs> he gets all the referrals, doesn't he? He does, really. It's him or Olivia Coleman. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think Broadchurch is back soon. Really? They might have already started showing. Yes, I notice it's been on and it's been and gone. I didn't even see the first series. No, no, no. I couldn't bother. Uh, oh. I was a bit tenanted out, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just too much tenant. Once you've gone through the box sets of um, of Doctor Who, and you know, <laughs> if you want to Casanova um, to <laughs> hark back a little bit more, then uh, I'm yeah. just trying to think. Christmas films, they were good. <laughs> good to see Jules to be back on. I enjoyed the Christmassy films. <laughs> yes, and Doctor Who Christmas special was called awesome. Of course it was. Because it was. I can say that with oh, I can say that with a lot more confidence than I could in previous years. Mm, yes, indeed. But uh, yeah, we'll come to that. So, <laughs> we'll come to that in the future. Yes. So, um, what should we talk about first? Which film should we talk about first? Which one do you want to do? You want to, should we do Grand Prix first? From the glamour capitals of Europe comes the exciting drama of the men and the women who live the passionate adventure of Grand Prix racing. James Garner, Eva Marie Saint, Eve Montan, Brian Bedford and Jessica Walter, dramatic new stars Antonio Sabato and Francoise Hardy, Toshiro Mifune, 
and the world's champion Formula One drivers. Now, Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, director John Frankenheimer, and Cinerama take you out of the grandstand and hurl you into the most exciting experience of your life. Five, four, three, two, one. Grand Prix. December the 21st so it's a Christmas film hey in 1966 Metro Goldwyn Mayer and of course was directed by John Frankenheimer written by Robert R. Allen Arthur and starring James Gardner Evan Marie Saint Yves Montand and Toshiro Mifune might have said that wrong well so, um, yeah, so would I now I know you have these because I believe I bought them yes, yes exactly. <laughs> and thank you very much um, and while it's it's kind of contemporary film uh, Le Mans I've watched quite recently mm. um, Grand Prix I, I haven't seen for a little while um, and you know, one of the reasons is that um, quite a few people will share the opinion that it is quite long mm. um, it, it's, it's kind of a 179 minutes it's a huge mixture of racing mm. and complicated affairs between mm. racing drivers and each other's wives and girlfriends um, the the, the the really um, involving part of it is probably the uh, period footage. Yeah. Um, the fact that they did a lot of on-car camera stuff. Mm. Um, and and that you can obviously see former Grand Prix circuits in use from you know, never-before-seen angles. Um, I think that the plot is a bit papery thin as well. So what you're left with is just a historic... Document which stands up really well. Yeah, I was going um, to say, there's not. I think that's a regular theme, though, isn't it, for any kind of racing film? It is about that. If if there's if there's another story, or the other story takes over that of the actual racing, then hmm. it's kind of missing the point of it being a racing film. Really, I think the only one that that doesn't, which we're not going to talk about, because I think it deserves a film, a, a podcast on its own, is uh, it's a mad, 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 mad world. Okay, yeah. Because I think that's you know, it's it's what formed wacky races. And let's face it, lots of driving going on, but it's also a comedy spoof, and the story is more important than anything else. And by the same token, you could then say for for period touches, you could throw in the Italian job, uh, of course. Yes, the original, but we've the done original. that. Yes, um, nothing wrong with the, nothing wrong with the the. Um, I feel bad about saying that the the the, the remake because if they'd called that another another title. Yes. Then it would have been a really good film. Mm, fair point. But it's not even set in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It was kind of like, oh, we'll, we'll just piggyback on this, the, the good reputation of one film to make mm. you watch a completely different one. And use yeah. some rubbish minis. <laughs> no, nothing like the originals, is there? Mm. Um, 
And then you could also throw in, well, I mean, if you're going to get into that kind of genre, which we aren't, but I'll just throw in the, <laughs> the, the, the gone in 60 seconds genre and the fast and the furious genre. Do you, do you, no, the, I, I quite like gone in 60 seconds, but I think there's always a time and a place for a bit of Nick Cage with bad hair and also Angelina Jolie looking smoking hot. And then, of course, Eccleston was in it as well. Oh, Christopher Burney. Uh, well, let's not talk about him. <laughs> let's not. Let's not talk about it. Uh, well, no, because we'll get sued. But uh, oh. yeah, Eccleston, old Chris Eccleston, uh, he's in it. Yeah, not not so. much of a mark in that film, really, to be fair. But then again, if Angelina Jolie's looking mighty fine and Nicolas Cage has got yet another strange wig on, um, who's gonna, no one even notices the card. And no, I've, no. Not, I've not seen a single Fast and Furious film. No, I think I saw the first one and then they, they kind of went into a sort of mm. bit of a spiral. Um, but anyway, the... Um, the th- the thing with Grand Prix is it's a great historical document. Of course, stars James Garner, who we lost this year or last year, yeah. if you like. Mm. And he distinguished himself among the cast by being uh, not only pretty much the only member of the cast that was really comfortable actually doing the driving mm. in the, in the vehicles themselves, um, but got some very good feedback from the Grand Prix drivers who were helping with the making of the films. I know Graham Hill was yeah Graham Hill was very impressed with him and turned around and said that if you hadn't took up acting you could have been a writer. But of course the only thing was James Garner's over six foot three. I think he's about probably same height as you. Oh yeah. Um, maybe a bit taller and um, so he didn't have a seat in his car. They took it out and uh, so he sat on a pillow. He <laughs> <laughs> sat on a pillow and on the rods, which can't have been comfortable at all. No. No, um, and, and yeah, I mean it's um, it's interesting because the the Grand Prix cars at that point were you know very, very classic um, mm. kind of racing sausages as I like to call them. Well, so, that, they were Formula Threes made to look like Formula Ones, mm, wasn't they? Mm, yeah. So even more so. Um, so are they are they, are they smaller then? For I mean, Formula, Formula Three cars are they a lot smaller or are they is, is it just the engine kind of thing that's different? Uh, depends on the period. Um, well, for '66 sales. Um, 66 Formula 3s I think would have been um, a smidge smaller than than Mm. F1s but ultimately you're still talking about packaging um, a vehicle around Mm. um, a driver who's kind of laid out with his legs sticking out directly in front of him holding a steering wheel and you just design a car as tightly as you can around that really and didn't one of the drivers lose a leg during this film Um, as well yes there there is Mm. a bit of uh, I'm trying to remember if it was that film or if it was Le Mans in fact there may be a, I may have a reference to it here, but, now, uh, whilst you're looking at it what year did Jim uh, Jim Clark guy Gentleman Jim Clark I think 68 yeah because he's in this as well isn't he mm, mm. yeah yes yes um, let's see I've got uh, which, which is another thing what, that when you think about it that um, having a film with, with someone like Jim Clark on He's, he's quite nice to have because the, generally the only footage you see of Jim Clark is he's quite grainy black and white kind of stuff and then news footage when he's either won or he's kind of like you know getting out of his car mm-hmm. and of course when he, when he tragically died and I always think there's that um, that footage that you see of, of Graham Hill helping to pick up the car and I think he grabbed the steering wheel was one of the first things he grabbed mm-hmm. presumably that might have been I'm not saying that this kind of thing happens but I think you probably get some people who kind of would nick that and have it as a bit of a trophy kind of thing of you know because mm-hmm. um, well, what, um, what's his name you got a picture Sterling. of him you were, Sterling Sterling hasn't he got, still got the steering wheel of what his nose hit which is bent over yes yes um, <laughs> yeah he's, he's got a, a, a crumpled uh, a crumpled wheel that uh, the year was uh, on his car at Goodwood when mm. he had his career ending crash in uh, I think that was 1962. Does he ever feel... I mean, you've met him a few times, haven't you? Does he ever feel kind of like 
And he's always at Goodwood, isn't he? He's always doing some racing at Goodwood or driving around or doing some appearances and stuff. I wonder if he ever kind of like... I know, it's been, I know it's been a long time ago since he crashed, but, you know, it must be like... I've not been a bit nervous using the machine since I've had my hand... Well, my finger smashed. Yeah. And it's quite... Every time I look at it, I think, oh, I don't really like you much now. I wonder if he ever feels that with Goodwood or he just takes it in the thing that, well, that's what I do, what I did for a living and, and that's it. The thing with Sterling Moss is that he, he had this crash um, in 62 and, you know, he... He was in fairly decent physical shape, mm. maybe a year or so after the, after the crash. What most people accept happened is that he tried to get back into the car too soon. Mm. Um, found that he wasn't totally comfortable with, uh, with with driving. Found that he'd lost a little, yeah, a little kind something. Of the nerve kind of those last couple of tenths, mm. perhaps, um, and then declared himself retired. Um, but he'd retired from um, professional mm. motorsport. Um, not from competitive driving because of, you know I've seen him race a number of times and he's he probably just retired from competitive driving rather than you know, track um, demos. Yeah, um, a couple of years ago. Um, but the funny thing is that ever since 1962, Sterling Moss has been around and mm. um, has been famous for being Sterling Moss. Sterling Moss, yeah, which is presumably how he's made his money more than anything. Because I mean, he can't have earned an awful lot of money when that. I mean, the prize monies weren't like they are now. Hmm. Um, well, I've never met him. I'd really like to meet him. What's the matter? He's he's a I'd real do, I know what I'm like though. I was a bag of nerves when I met bloody Chris Bally. Chris Bally, <laughs> he's really oh, a petrol head. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, I, well, I bet he's at Goodwood quite a bit. I wouldn't be at all surprised. Mm. Yeah, Patrick Stewart is as well. I'll ask him. I've seen him in a couple of weeks. Pa- Patrick Stewart. No, Chris Bally. Chris Bally. Yeah. I'll ask, I'll ask him. him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Name drop. <laughs> well, well, I did see him in a couple of weeks. Yes, did you find out what he was looking for? Or? Um, no, just uh, checking up on Jim Clark. Yes, it was '68 when he crashed. So, oh. uh, so yeah, his uh, at the point his uh, Grand Prix was '63, wasn't it? Oh, so right. So there's still, a nice bit of still had uh, plenty of uh, plenty of time and uh, a couple of world championships mm. in it uh, before he sadly died in '68. So worth worth getting, do you think? Um, Grand Prix. If you're if you're interested in um, in the history of racing cars mm. and the history of um, of Formula One, then then, then definitely. Um, mm. It's got some great period footage. I'll mention um, the Roman Polanski film, which was a documentary which he did with Jackie Stewart um, <laughs> called Weekend of a Champion. It gets everywhere. Isn't, <laughs> he, isn't Jackie Stewart in that? Um, yeah. Didn't he yeah, do the driving for, um, or was it, was it Le Mans? Um, he was... Oh. He, he was... Not a, in the Le Mans film because I think he was supposed to be in the race, and then there was a problem with the with the car. Or a problem yeah, with the car twenty four, wasn't it? I think. Um, but but yeah, I think he he was one of the drivers in uh, in Grand Prix because certainly there's there's one driver who's got the tartan band around the helmet who looks like yeah who, who therefore looks just like yeah because one of one of them just kind of like put a balaclava on. And drove it, and then said, "Oh, I'm, I'm him." Yeah. I was like, "Do you like Jackie Stewart?" Well, <laughs> oh, there's a question. Not, he doesn't listen. <laughs> He's not a regular visitor <laughs> to the site. No. Um, uh, well, I, you know, the, the, the funny thing is, you know, if you go back to the 1970s, you've got mm. Jackie Stewart out there looking like Great Uncle Bulgaria with his massive <laughs> sideburns and massive Scottish hat, um, and. Jackie Stewart was always very professional. You know, mm. He wrote a couple of books about how to be a professional racing driver, and yeah. they're absolutely hilarious. I'm, I will show you. Uh, <laughs> there's you know, pictures of what you ought to be having for breakfast and what underwear you ought to be wearing. Um, Is it all tartan? 
Oh, good. Is it porridge? Yes. Tartan. Um, I will. I will show you. Hang All right. On. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> I'll, I shall pause. Pausing. Okay. So Pete just uh, give me his book here. Jackie Stewart, Principles of Performance Driving. Oh, we've a forward by uh, His Royal Highness the Duke of Kent. Mm, okay, <laughs> Who'd have thought? So there's a picture here of a learner driver. <laughs> it does look very Birmingham-ish. Uh, the young driver on the road has a great deal to think about and assimilate in his early years. There is absolutely no substitute for experience for miles under one's belt, and the novice will necessarily be most vulnerable simply because he has not accumulated a fund of knowledge on which to draw. It is of paramount importance that a young driver should appreciate the implications of his inexperience and tread a cautious path. Gee, that's boring, isn't it? You see, that's oh, the thing. He, is that what he's like? I mean, <laughs> terrifically fast driver though he is, he does get a bit preachy. Mm. Um, and, and that's the thing. He, he was always a, um, a, a real pioneer for increased safety in Formula One. And certainly um, you did need to do something about you know, multiple drivers dying each yeah. year. Um, and that's, you know... He didn't make a lot of uh, a lot of friends while mm. he was uh, doing that kind of campaigning. So, well, six since that since uh, with uh, Grand Prix, six drivers died shortly after that mm. in, in the space of that between nineteen sixty six and nineteen seventy, I think something like that, which is oh, yeah. a horrendous amount of. of but again, I suppose when you go to something, you know the dangers of it, don't you? Well, that's the thing, and at the time, you know, you you saw so many drivers coming through because. There were so many getting killed as well. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it, oh, there we go. Look, is that the breakfast? Here we go. We've got um, <laughs> we've got a, a picture here of the right breakfast and the wrong breakfast. Now, the, the right mm. breakfast, as you would uh, as you would imagine, is uh, is is things like honey. Um, there's a, a glass of water. Is that uh, a big grapefruit? Um, it's it's a half grapefruit in a bowl with a spoon to eat it with. <laughs> Remember how that was a luxury starter back yeah. in the 1980s? <laughs> we were cherry in the middle. Uh, there's, a, there's a slice of uh, brown bread yeah. uh, cut into soldiers. No butter, though. And a bowl of porridge. Of co- well, of course there's a bowl of porridge. Um, now, next to it. Now, I, He's the James I, Hunter breakfast. I have no idea how, <laughs> how can you eat all of this. Um, there's a cup of coffee, which I, I don't dispute. No, um, porridge again, though. There's, yeah, there's a full porridge there. There's a full English breakfast... With two fried eggs, sausages, bacon. Is that potatoes? I yeah. think those are potatoes as well. Alongside that is um, a, a little pot of jam <laughs> next to a, a croissant yeah, with as butter well. there. Look, four no, knobs of butter with a big bowl. Of... Hold on a minute. Why has he got porridge and porridge? Can't he make his mind up? Well, you know, it's the difference between a full English breakfast. You're right about Uncle Bulgaria, The difference between a full English and a full Scottish is the full Scottish have a porridge beforehand. No black pudding on that bad boy, yeah. right? But um, but is yeah, Tony, so... Tony Jacklin there. He was a golf club, was it? Uh, oh yeah, he's, he's he's drawing upon sports people. He's um, Arnold Palmer. Oh. Um, yeah, he was other other sports people he admires, and you know how to you know how to dress, what to wear. So yeah, he was very preachy. He's not a good looking bloke though, is he? I mean, I'm not mm. saying I'm not you know not not to be judgmental or anything like that, but he isn't classically he pulled, good looking. He pulled because of money, didn't he? Um, But, yeah, when when you're comparing, for example, uh, Jackie Stewart and James Hunt, yeah, yeah, you know, you you always want, whether it's the Hollywood image or whether it's, um, 
or, or whether it's just the true racing image of James Hunt. You do want somebody who's going well, to just go fair, for Mickey it. Mickey Lauder looked a little better than he did after. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's Jackie Stewart. Yeah, right. Well, thankfully, we, we won't be talking about him again. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> Should we go to Le Mans? Yeah. Racing's important to men who do it well. Be racing and life anything that happens before or after just waiting about driving faster than anyone else. Michael, be careful. This isn't just a thousand to one shot. This is a professional blood sport. And it can happen to you. And then it can happen to you again. Marvelous film. Um, the, I mean, it's it's it reached the kind of iconic status, and it reaches that because um, there's very little plot in it whatsoever. Um, no, well, it's a twenty-four hour race, isn't it? Really, I suppose there's not much you can do in and around a twenty-four hour race when you you spend an awful lot of time in the car. Although, of course, it is written by Harry Kleiner, directed by Lee H. Katzen. Uh, came out on June of 23rd, 1971, and had a running time of running 106 minutes, which is probably a nice... This hmm. is not 24 hours. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, Steve McQueen just looks great, and it was his company, mm. Solar, who yeah. who produced the um, who produced the movie. Um, so, and Steve, Steve McQueen, I think, came, might have come up with a line, or he's certainly credited with the line... Um, uh, racing is life. Everything else is just waiting. Oh, that's a nice, um, that's a nice quote. So, um, which, which which is used in this film. Um, but when I say that, I was watching this on a plane. I was just you know, it, it's uh, the, the full version is available to get off uh, YouTube at the moment. The f- How long is the full version? Then? Well, the, well, the, the actual all the entire film is on YouTube. Oh right! If okay. you wanted, oh to sorry, I, sorry I, thought, I thought you were, I thought you were going to say then there's another version of it. Not even it? a director's cut. No, no. But um, I realised that you know that there's lots of moody shots of him driving around and reminiscing about previous crash he's had in the yeah because it's a flashback start, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Um, and then there's a p- point where forty minutes into the film he says something. <laughs> He doesn't. The, the star of the film doesn't speak mm. until forty minutes into the film. So um, yeah, it I mean, McQueen, no. it just yeah. I mean, he just cool seems cool, doesn't he? <laughs> um, but yeah, again, as a historical document, 
mm. um, really fantastic because there is a lot of uh, race proper race footage used. Yeah, in and, and the thing is, though, that film is like, awful. A lot of the footage is actually filmed the next day. Um, we've not, <laughs> we've not what I was saying. And he didn't drive the car. Now, he drove, You see him at the beginning of the film because I think his car was number twenty four, but that didn't. That wasn't allowed to take part or something. So I believe that be was to supposed it. to be entered with Jackie Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. So you see him starting off the film, but then, for insurance purposes, he doesn't take part in the film. Mm. Although I did note that somebody turned around and say, although there is another um, kind of like rumour that he just got in the car and drove off. Now, I could actually see him <laughs> doing that because he, everyone thinks he drove a lot of the, I mean, he did drive an awful lot in Bullet. Mm. But the, the, the skid at the end, well, when he, when he comes down the bottom and does that skid and drives off, he couldn't, he, that's not him doing it. Yeah. Purely for the fact that um, he was so in control of his car, he couldn't skid it. Ah. And so they had to get the stunt driver to lose control of the car to produce <laughs> a skid to drive off. Yeah, I mean, it's um, you know, how much driving he did in the film, is, yeah, I think, is a matter of mm. mythology and legend, really. Um, it was David Piper who lost part of his lower leg ah, in a crash during right, the so shooting. so it's this film, yeah. Um, yes, yeah. And so yeah, a, few, a few little bits of... Um, of, of, of trivia here the 1970 race which is the one that's featured in the film mm. is the first one where um where they didn't do a famous Le Mans start um the idea of the Le Mans start was that the drivers would be lined up outside their cars yeah against a wall and at the drop of the flag they would run over to their cars get in them like the Formula One style old running up to the car and jumping in yeah so yeah. you would leap in and, mm. and, and you would drive off and this led to all kinds of problems I mean especially when seatbelts came in <laughs> you know you, you'd have people who for the sake of getting a competitive advantage wouldn't would, put the seatbelt on they'd, they'd leap into the car and they'd be doing their belts as they were doing 2 mm. to 30 miles an hour down mm. the Sand straight a little bit later on um, it also caused problems because at the start of the 55 race mm. um, Fangio ran across and jumped into the into the Mercedes and straight away put the gear lever straight up his trouser leg. <laughs> so, <laughs> which cost him an inordinate amount of time because he had to basically unthread it, get out, back out of the car and try again, by which time the whole field had gone past. So this is the first one in which mm. they drove off. What if anyone's um, ever got in a wrong car? They're not quite... I mean, yeah, people are stopping in the wrong pits all the mm. time. Yeah. Um, in fact, there was, a, there was an interview during one of the races where somebody came in with the car on fire. Um, kind of insisting that the uh, <laughs> insisting that his team do something about it. And he was interviewed afterwards and said, "No, they couldn't do very much." He said, I th- "I'd probably achieve more by uh, by by stopping in a rival's pit and setting fire to them." <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a, a, a like a. I don't. I don't. Nothing like that's ever been televised for obvious reasons, I suppose. Um, I suppose now there could be with, with all digital channels and all that kind of stuff. But God, that would be a bit boring, wouldn't it? What the the whole race or yeah? Uh, yeah I mean, you can watch it live on Eurosport mm. while it's on, but there's nothing quite like. Being I suppose if there. you're doing the ironing, well, yeah. Know. If you've got it on, you know what's going mm. on. But really, for you know, the Le Mans Twenty Four Hours is just such a pilgrimage. You get 50, upwards yeah. of fifty, yeah, maybe even one hundred fifty thousand British fans who always go. Um, like and a it's a huge camping festival atmosphere. Yeah. But it's a long. I mean, yeah, wait, it's a day, isn't it? Really, I mean, it's like it's a long time to watch stuff I suppose well there's so much I, mean, to I suppose do. if you we've, we've, yeah I suppose there's all the stuff to do as well not just sitting there watching the cars going around I mean it's something like um, an 11 kilometre track as well mm. so you, know, you can have you ever drove that only because part of it's public road 
So oh, I've only right. driven the I've driven the small circuit, the Bugatti circuit, and mm. I've, I've driven the public road sections of mm. of the track. And when I think it was oh, at some point in the nineteen eighties, the Mulsanne Strait is the long, oh, it must be three or four kilometer straight mm. that forms one edge of the of the yeah. course. And after a while, because even in the nineteen sixties they were topping two hundred miles an hour, wow, uh, going along there, they put two what looked like chicanes, but are actually pretty meaty. Mm. bends when, Especially when you take them into account yeah, yeah. so they did break it up but yeah I mean that that was really kind of epic stuff and you don't see cars doing that kind no. of speed every day no. so it's it's really very uh, very good but I mean stuff like that when, you, when you've got the uh, Mulsanne corner at the end of that straight mm. um, that takes some stopping Yeah. so it's yeah. stuff like that where Jaguar developed disc brakes um, I think Mercedes and Jaguar this is in the, in the 1950s mm. they developed all kinds of air brake options oh so there was a lot of development so there's, a lot of of en- there's a lot of engineering history towards it all as well then yeah I mean you've got to get mm. a car that runs for 24 hours um, mm. without a, missing a beat ideally and it, back in the day you would have these cars normally doing three or six hour races so what's the average so what's the average pit stop for them I mean and, and how, how much driving do you do because there's two of you that are driving in there so there's, is it two or is it more now, uh, they used to be two yeah. um, it's now three and then what's that broken into then like six well, you're not allowed to do more than think four hours at a go that's a long time which though, is two it, really? Formula 1 races Yeah. so it's, it's a lot of concentration so that's the equivalent of driving from here to Newcastle then no, yeah. probably even past Newcastle. Really. Yeah, uh, except you'd have, in one go. Except the speed you'd have got be going in a Le Mans car. You'd oh, of have course, been yeah. Past the tip yeah. of Scotland, by <laughs> in the same time. Yeah. So, oh, wow. uh, but yeah, but as a as a historical document, Le Mans mm. is a terrific film. But I will mention Truth in Twenty Four. Yeah, go for it. Which are they are racing films, but really they're promotional films, and as such, they're available to download for free. And they're a, they're a documentary film produced by Audi. Mm. About them winning Le Mans in 2010, 2011. Oh, okay. So it's fly on the wall stuff, the story of a race, um, generally in about ninety minute package. Mm. And there's, there's two of those films, um, which which really go to show the drama which which happens within a teams because it's you know, it's, yeah, so it's all it's all the behind the scenes stuff. So things. stuff going wrong and, and all that kind of jazz. And, and that as an introduction to Le Mans, and if you mm. if anybody's thinking about going to Le Mans yeah. uh, at some point, yeah, watching the McQueen watching film kind of, yeah. and watching Truth in 24 will really tell you the fundamentals. So when, when does Le Mans go on? Uh, middle of June, I believe. Oh, so it's nice, near nice sunny weather and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, usually it should be. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you've seen, mm. seen it run in absolutely bloody awful conditions before. Yeah. Ah, cool. Very dramatic, man. Talking about the engineering side of things, just want to. Have you been watching um, Guy Martin Speed? Yes, it's brilliant, isn't he? He's super. He and, pulls um, all the time. Yeah. For a bloke from Grimsby, who's <laughs> not, nothing, nothing wrong with Grimsby, but as he openly said when he uh, he, he did the one that was on the other night, and, uh, speak. no, he was doing the um, the go kart, and he oh, had a he had a great team. Oh, oh, it's brilliant. Well, he oh. had a great team of um, um, which was really nice to see. In fact, Cal said this earlier on. Great to see some female engineers. Hmm. You know, the scientist, the engineer, the girl who built it. Hmm. And it's like, fair play that we'll actually see, you know, because I'd love it if my daughter turned around and said I'd like to be an engineer. Because, hmm. like, you know, there needs to be more female engineers. But, um, oh, that is brilliant, the speed that he goes at. And the only reason why I just thought of that is when you mentioned about the brakes. Because hmm. they're coming up with the idea of what they can use on, on his go-kart oh, yeah. to, to get it right. But that's a... Well, I'm not going to say anything, but it's a good... Oh, it's super. A good so but we, that, um, that, that does make... 
inspire me to mention the the film that's on our list in which Guy Martin stars, uh, which is TT. Oh, TT. Yes. Um, mm. Which um, I will briefly mention in the in the bracket of you must see this. Mm. Short of a six pack. Lights are on, but no one's on. I can imagine from the outside looking at it, anyone that's racing the TT looks like the lights are on, but no one's on. Guy Mark, where do you start? Guy's colourful character, he loves a bit of attention. We are one minute away from the start of racing. We don't know where he is, as usual. He'll be here in a bit. He's fit, he's young, fast, real fast. He's always been a threat. Every man and his dog in the world wants Guy Mine to win. I'm trying. I don't give it. It's not about beating the next guy. It's about who beats the track. It's when he went. I really believe it. That's Guy Martin's fastest lap ever around the door. This TT is the most powerful race you'll ever do in your life. If you make a mistake, it's going to be serious injury or worse. You can't love the death, you can't love the loss, but you can't love the, the excitement and the thrill without knowing that that's part of it. Some lads love going to the pub. Some lads love shagging. I don't mind it, I'm not into it. Different things make different people happy, don't they? Guy Martin is having the lap of his life, but is it going to be enough to give him his first victory here at the TT? Um, because it made me really sit up and care about motorcycle racing. Oh, right, OK. Um, mm. Short circuit motorcycle racing, MotoGP and the like. <laughs> I wonder where um, he's going with short circuit. Short, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not number five. Not number five. Okay. <laughs> um, but the short circuit racing yeah. doesn't really thrill me. Mm. Um, but when, you, when you're when you told the history and the, mm. the legend of um, the Isle of Man TT and, and see the kind of characters and see the kind of risks which uh, which yeah. these guys are running. It's got amazing photography. Mm. Um, I've done the TT course. You have? Yeah. Fantastic. I'm a coach. <laughs> <laughs> I went past Northern Wisdom's house as well. Yeah. Is yeah. that wise? <laughs> well, he was alive then. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, yeah, while I mentioned Guy Martin, that's definitely a film which... Anybody with even a passing interest in mm. racing should watch. Even if you're not into bikes, definitely watch. Yeah, but my brother-in-law Nick, he um, mm. he's a big bike enthusiast. I mean, I love I love bikes, um, but I mean, as I sit here with my orange cage chopper shirt, on, I mean, mm. I like I'm more of a Harley Davidson sort of like cruise kind of bike. I, I, but I mean, I, and I like anything to do with chrome, you know. But I also like the engineering of bikes. But I've always been quite fascinated with the TT racing, purely again because of that it's an adrenaline sport, yeah. and it's also one of those those races where to a certain degree, not, well, any kind of race where you're driving at speed is dangerous. There's no question about that, and it shouldn't be taken for granted. I think when you're on two wheels and you've got bugger, or even if you've got the best gear in the world on, if you come off that bike at over 150 miles an hour, chances are you're gonna you're gonna die. That the actual course is amazing mm. when you go around it, and you think even on like I say we did it on a coach, and you're going around and you're thinking, "Blimey, it's in half bendy." 
Can you imagine what it must be like going around? And but I'd I'd love to do it on the bike. I'm it's one of those things you've got to go. You've got to learn the mm. circuit. Um, and because it's public road, you know, there'll be little things that must change year on year. There's yeah. no resurfacing. Hedges. Or a hedge has grown. <laughs> you know, somebody's stuck in a window box that you didn't notice. <laughs> a post box. Well, look, there we go. Yeah. Well, you know, if if somebody moves a post box. Mm. You know, if, if they've been doing some roadworks and a post box has moved, there's some poor bugger who's been using yeah. it as a breaking point, and it's five metres later and he doesn't make the bend. And so, the Isle of Man as well, notorious for sudden change in weather as well. It's um, yeah. it is one of those. It's a beautiful, beautiful island. I fell in love on that island with a lovely Irish waitress. Very nice too. Very nice. She served me white pudding and black pudding. First time I ever had white pudding. <laughs> sort of ebony wow. and ivory. Yeah, yeah. She's absolutely. <laughs> I was only sort of like 14, though. Aww. So I was, I was long. Oh, never forget. Bought a great T-shirt as well. And he had like he had like a load of frogs <laughs> coming out the back door of a hospital in wheelchairs. And in the front of it was a French restaurant. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, going from comedy jokes. Are we going to talk about, uh, what, three comedy films, I'd say? Three classics, I think. They are, they are the classics. Cannonball Run, Smokey and the Bandit, and Love Ball. We won't talk about Cannonball Run 2. Or smoking a bandit too, but or the, or the various amounts of the bloody Herbie films, but the Cannonball Run. the story of an average guy and a beautiful girl. Hi. Don't tell me your name. I'll just call you Beauty. You must be a sensitive person. I bet you're a fan of Rod McEwens. I try to be. And his best friend. I am Captain Chaos. Been a cop long. And a family doctor. Leash. Come on right here. And how they all set out one day in an ambulance from New York to California at 150 miles per hour. California, here we come! But they aren't the only ones. Because this is the Cannonball Run. America's illegal Grand Prix. And it doesn't matter how you get there. It's who gets there first. Burt Reynolds is the defending champion. On his team, Farrah Fawcett. Are you one of those volleyballers? Cannonballers. Dom DeLuise. And Jack Elam. And here comes the competition. Will you hurry up, you little... Dean Martin. We happen to be in a race. Sammy Davis Jr. You, shorty. Where'd you get all that jewelry? Take a layup. Layup. Mel Tillis and Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> Jackie Chan. Oh, the and Roger Moore as himself. I'm Roger Moore. Roger Moore. All of them. Reckless. We're in kind of a hurry, so if you could just bless it a little bit. We'll Unscrupulous. Oh, I gotta bless her. Oh, I'm sorry, Father. She's a Zen Buddhist. Desperate characters. Ready. By land. By sea, by air, they'll do anything, drive anything, 
say anything. It's hard to understand you. When I called you, I was doing 140 miles an hour. And stop at nothing. Normally, I drive right around the speed limit. We all make mistakes, miss. But 160? To win the Cannonball Run. Yeah, we're looking good. Come on, faster! Cannonball Run. The only movie to get over 200 tickets before it even opens. I absolutely love Cannonball. Directed by Hal Needham, uh, written by Brock Yates, classic American name, but starring mm-hmm. Burt Reynolds. The Reynolds. The Reynolds of his tash. Uh, Roger Moore. Roger Moore. Uh, Farrah Fawcett, Jackie Chan, Dee Martin, Sammy Davis Jr. and Dom DeLuise. Uh, and that came out June the 19th. Half. I know, 1981. Also Jamie Farr's in it as well, who plays The Shake, and he, he turns up in the second one as well. <laughs> uh, the film is based on the 1979 Running of the Cannonball Baker Sea to Shindig Sea Memorial Trophy Dash, an actual cross-country outdoor road race held four times in the 1970s, starting at the Red Bull Garage on 31st Street. New York. A lot of people didn't realise that it's actually a real thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I love it. One for the fact that Roger Moore's in it. I mean, this is 1981, so he's well into Bond at this point. That's around about octopusy years. Isn't yeah, it? sort of for your eyes only octopusy yeah. kind of time. Playing, classic, playing, classic playing Roger Moore, kind of playing Bond, uh, and driving an Aston Martin DB5. Which, as we'll know from previous uh, podcasts, mm. um, he never did in any of the Bond films. No, the only time he drives an Aston Martin DB5. I wonder if that's the reason why he's driving in that film. I wonder, because the contract would have been with Lotus mm. for the films. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he can have a bit of fun. I think you wouldn't have been able to do that in this day and age if Daniel Craig had no. turned up in the Fast and Furious with a dicky bow on, <laughs> driving a Lotus. <laughs> you know, Aston Martin now would have something to mm. say about it. Because Daniel Craig, with his well-known sense of humour. <laughs> George Lazenby does turn up in one film. I can't remember what film it is, though. Uh, and he's um, he's virtually playing Bond, and I can't remember which which film it is, but it is awful. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. That is George Lazenby though. But yeah, I th- I think that was probably described in Everything or Nothing, which mm. is that great documentary film about the about the Bond. Yeah, I've still not seen. Oh, I'll lend it to you. Oh, thank you very much. Hey. Happy days. Uh, I think Smoke and the Bandit might have come out before. At last. A warm, sensitive, touching story about the close personal relationship between a man and a woman. Between a trucker and his dog. Fred, I'm so damn tired of picking you up. I got to Fred! Between a father no way. and his son. No way that you could come from my loins. And how they all took to the road one day for a quiet little drive in the country. From Georgia to Texas and back. In 28 hours flat, with a truckload of bootleg beer. I'll be driving this one. Hey, uh, blocker, blocker. You'll be driving the truck. This is Bandit 1, and that is uh, Bandit 2. <laughs> now, who would do a thing like that? <laughs> be crazy, you know that? Yeah, you know that. <laughs> uh, yes. How much did you say it was? $84,000. Universal presents Burt Reynolds, Sally Field, Jerry Reed, and Fred. We're going to really have to cook. I mean, put it on the back burner and let's cook. Is that a 10 4? 10 4. And the only thing that stands between them and an $80,000 prize 
Jackie Gleason as Sheriff Buford T. Justice. I gotta barbecue your bandit. I got a smoky report for you. What's your handle, son? My handle, Smoky Bear, and I'm tail grabbing your This is Smokey and the Bandit. The story about a lazy weekend in Alabama. Texas. Mississippi. Arkansas. Georgia. Daddy, the top came off. No. We ain't gonna make it, son. We come that far, ain't we? Look, when we say we're gonna do a job, we do a job. It's me that after they don't even know when snow exists. Oh, they know. Well, now, I'll tell you what we're gonna do. <laughs> Smokey and the Bandit, proving once and for all, it's not where you're going to count. It's who the hell's in back of you. You've got to duck it. you got to keep that key truck it. Just put that hammer down and give it Cannonball One, but both Cannonball One and Smokey and the Bandit um, both have what what Jackie Chan actually cut in. He, he quite openly says he said he got the idea from his film for later on of using all the bloopers and the the mistakes in the credits, which, which is, I think is great. I think it's brilliant to have that. You know, it does Dennis Norden out of a job? Well, yeah, well, <laughs> you're showing your mistakes. Or Griff Rees Jones as it is now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a strange bit. No, I love Smoking the Bandit, and I, I love um, the Cannibal One. Smoking the Bandit. I mean, this is the height of Burt Reynolds before he kind of like really lost the plot a little bit and got up his own ass. Is this is this one one of those difficult things to remember? Because to me, I mean, these are Saturday afternoon films when I mm. was kind of ten years old, um, and so I probably haven't seen them since then. Mm. So you know. Uh, but you know, does this ask the question which is Cannonball Run and which is Smoking and the Bandit? Smoking the Bandit is the one with the Trans Am. <laughs> okay. Cannonball Run is the one with an ambulance. <laughs> so there's yeah, a bit of a difference in it. If there's a random scene in which yeah. you know, in which one of it is, is it you know, it's kind of one of those is it which is Bill Pullman and which is Bill Paxton? <laughs> They all they all do blend into one, which is the reason why we we're not mm. kind of like going we we we've thrown these three together kind of thing. Smoking the Bandit is more you know, copy and take. No, but anyway, yeah. So we smoke in the bandit. You got the classic truck in there, and you got Burt Reynolds, you know, getting his contraband. There's all ladies in it. Smoking the bandit too. It's virtually the same film, <laughs> just milking it a bit more. Hmm. Uh, and the cannonball run. He's just really, but Reynolds is just playing Reynolds. I think. Yes. In all of these kind of things, he's just but happy the, to be there, isn't he? Cannonball run. I think is is a little bit like. I'm not saying it's a remake at all, uh, but it's very much a kind of like a homage, I think, to, to something like it's a mad, 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 mad world because you've got all those classic actors in it, and you've got kind of classic actors in this as well. Well, mm. well of the eighties, you know, the the, the the two go-to people in in the eighties. The other one that you put there, the Love Bug, of course, is uh, the start of the Herbie films. has a fantastic story to tell about his car. Now, get lined up for the one that tops them all. It's the story of Herbie, the screen's first four-cylinder star. Did you see this thing take off? One of your showboat tricks, Mr. Douglas. I tell you, I had nothing to do with it. Hey, we were turning. Groovy, Pop, groovy. Walt Disney Productions, The Love Bug. 
He's a scrappy little beetle that adopts a has-been race driver and turns him into a champion. Dean Jones. Hold it, you two. I've done great with this little car so far, thanks to a few changes I made, and if you don't mind, some pretty fair country driving. Michelle Lee. You really think it was you winning those races? Buddy Hackett as Tennessee Steinmetz, a wizard with welded junk who digs the metal physical. I'm your friend. And unscrews the inscrutable. David Tomlinson. Tell me, what part of Ireland did you say your mother came from? Coney Ireland. <laughs> and Herbie, shifting for himself against the supercar. I tell you, I tell you, there's more going on here than meets the eye. A mind of his own makes Herbie the sole bug of the love generation. Goodbye, Mr. Douglas. Wanna be, Chief? Oh, hey, hey, look, we have a little problem here. Would you mind helping the young lady get her car door open? Look, I'm busy. And furthermore, I ain't no mechanic. Help, I'm a prisoner. I can't get out. We all prisoners, Chicky baby. We all locked in. When Herbie does his thing, it's the funniest thing ever seen on wheels. Ow! Disney Productions, The Love Bug. <laughs> Suggested for general audience. Mm. In which we get the classic VW Beetle uh, number 53. Definitely. Um, which, of course, I think the last time we had a, a, a Herbie film was um, Herbie Fully Loaded with Lindsay Lohan and Michael Keaton. No, thank you. No. Um, but it's always good to see, you know, the, 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 classic, um, the classic film. Yeah, now th this is classed as a racing film because Herbie turns into a uh, Herbie uh, turns into a racing car. Mm. Uh, Brilliant during, theme tune in during. Well. I love that theme tune. Um, uh, let's see. So, uh, so yes. Um, what year is it? Sixty-eight. Nineteen sixty-eight. Mm. Yes. Uh, so um, yeah, Jim Douglas plays a down-on-his-luck race car driver um, with a drunken mechanic. Um, <laughs> And then uh, yes, they comes across this car who, uh, which drives itself, and um, yeah, so uh, there's uh, there's a big race known as the El Dorado, uh, which uh, which Herbie ended up um, ended up competing in. So yes, it is a racing film. How many of those sequels was there? Is Herbie goes bananas. Uh, oh crikey! So actually, funny enough, oh gosh, the Lovebug was also a TV movie as well. Was it a recut version of it? Or in, no, in 97. Oh dear. So you got Herbie Fully Loaded That's from 2005, reason, yeah. Herbie Rides Again, 74, Herbie the Love Bug, uh, in which Herbie is credited as an actor. 
Herbie goes to Monte Carlo, Herbie goes bananas, mm. and then Herbie Hancock, <laughs> uh, who did the soundtrack for Donnie Brasco. So that's uh, not to be confused with a car. Her- Herbie goes bananas is the one I probably remember most, I think. Whatever. What year was that? 1980. It's probably because I saw it in the cinema. So, yeah. I mean, it is a, the VW Beetle is a classic car. Hmm. Um, I think everyone wants one. And they're now actually quite sought after to get a decent one with a decent body on it because, I mean, they rust something terrible. We had one at the, the garage just below us at work. And um, I went down to look at my poorly car, but it was poorly. Hmm. And I just saw this VW, it's a yellow VW Beetle. And I, I just looked, and there was a, it was all it looked like it needed, it was covered in dirt and dust Aww. and all this kind of stuff. Been sitting in the garage. And uh, the mechanic turned around and says, I bet you got your work out of that. And he went, nope. And he goes, we was expecting to find all the wires chewed because obviously it's been in a, you know, in a dusty garage. I mean, mice have been, you know, so nothing wrong with the engine. Just needs to have new oil put in, new oh. petrol put in, and just valeted. Wow. Literally, in the place of that, it was going to add like five to six grand on its price tag. Blimey. And I was like, oh, I want it. Not bad, Couldn't afford it? it. So what you got there? You got, um, I thought you had Taliga, Tali, Tali, the, 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 the Knights. The, the idea with, um, with with Talladega Nights, I'm just uh, scrolling through Will Ferrell's... Um... Illustrious career. Yes. Hey, I'm Ricky Bobby. I live and die by one motto. If you ain't first, you're last. That's awesome, I know. Small brains. Okay, I'm starting to get sick. You don't drive with your eyes. you got to feel the road. with big wheels. I am coming for you, Ricky Bobby. You sound like a dog with peanut butter on the roof of your mouth. <laughs> Please be 18. <laughs> From the guys that brought you 40-year-old virgin. I love this side of your baby. You're not going to want to wash that forehead. I'm flying through the air. This is not good. You're not on fire, Ricky Bobby! Help me, Jesus! Help me, Tom Cruise! You don't think I'm paralyzed? It's all in your head. Ah! Will Ferrell. Talladega Nights, the ballad of Ricky Bobby. You're making me hot. (laughs) Getting a little awkward. Definitely inappropriate in front of the kids. Good Lord. There we go. Back in 2006. So this was, um, I think, slightly predate Anchorman. I think it probably does, actually. Um, No, that was 2004. How long did we wait in between that and the sequel? Nearly 10 years. Amazing. But yes, Will Ferrell uh, crops up. I mean, it's it's a kind of um, Anchorman treatment of the world of NASCAR racing. Mm. the thing I like in it very much is um, Sasha Baron Cohen, who yes. who turns up as the um, as the up his own ass French racing driver with the, <laughs> with the Perrier sponsorship, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, he's there in his little green race suit and everything. Do you think that's a little bit of a, a the thing to maybe Alan Prost or anything? Um, oh, probably not. Probably yeah. not because uh, yeah, Prost never went anywhere near NASCAR. But no. um, but yeah, it's always good to have a go at the French. <laughs> Oh dear. Now, of course, yeah, <laughs> don't have much to say about Talladega Nights, apart from the fact that obviously what it is referencing, uh, Days of Hand Thunder. Over Fist, is mm. Days of Thunder. Um, I don't like Days of Thunder. Oh, it's um, it's one of those films which is so bad it's good. Um, and you know, <laughs> now you say that about a racing film. Um, have you ever watched a a film? Mm. Um, in which somebody is ill, right? 
with a medical professional, for example, sitting uh, next to you? Constantly. Now, and how often would you say this medical professional, who shall remain <laughs> nameless, butts in and goes, well, it wouldn't be like that, and they wouldn't do it like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why I watch quite a lot, hence the reason watching these things when they're not there. So, you know, any of these any of these films where you've got the, the hero hammering on his buddy's chest saying, <laughs> don't you die on me! We must, we must remember... Never to go and watch a film where it's going to have that with both our partners there. Because, <laughs> because it just happens to be a lot of tutting. <laughs> and I'm the same way about racing films mm. where, you know, in, in Days of Thunder and to a certain extent, um, uh, uh, just, a, just a little bit in, in Le Mans, actually, the, 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 there's a, a bit where, um, you know, a, an extra squirt of throttle, which mm. presumably nobody had thought of at that point. <laughs> Wins the day. Yeah, it's, it's like, like turning it up to eleven. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's why that's why racing films tend to be quite un- unsatisfactory from my point of view because because oh. I'm you know, knowing knowing a bit about motor racing, yeah. it's a bit of a slap in the face. But uh, just as it is, with you, medical you, professionals, yeah, watching everything. Else. <laughs> I suppose, that, yeah, yeah. I'm quite looking at aspect. There's, there's not really been anything to do with engineering or tools. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's less easy to Thor, get wrong, isn't it? I suppose. It? I yes, guess, yeah, yeah. Be Thor. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Days of Thunder, I mean, it was billed as Top Gun goes motor racing. I think that's probably the reason why I didn't like it, because I just thought it was like, oh, it's Cruise. I mean, Kidman's in it, which is no bad thing. No. Um, but I mean, it, it did remind me, so this is just like, you know, Top Gun, but on wheels. And I suppose, I don't know, I think because... That kind of racing as well, it, it, again, like you were saying earlier on, if you go and watch it, there's a lot more energy and there's a lot more kind of like, you know, um, drama to it hmm. than having to sit down and watch Tom Cruise flirt. <gasps> you know, we had that in Top Gun. We've, we've both sexes. So we don't need, you know, I didn't really need any more of that going on. Thanks very much. Exactly. The, the scene which is probably most memorable is, um, for me, which is the one at which I had to excuse myself and just go to the toilet because... <laughs> Otherwise, I'd have just had an accident. Is is where they're racing wheelchairs in the hospital, oh. where they're, they're they're such racers, you know, and they they can't help themselves, and they end up being shouted at by a nurse for racing wheelchairs down the, in the corridor of the hospital. It's like, oh, for heaven's sake! It's the volleyball scene, isn't it? It's the it's the probably the equivalent of the let's oil ourselves up and play mm. volleyball. There was scene a good crash in Days of Thunder, though. I mean, I'll give you that. There was some good um, good stunt work. If it was stunt work, I'm not too sure really. Well, again, you know, it's one of these films, a bit like Le Mans, a bit like Grand Prix, that splices in real footage. Can, can I just bring in, like, we've, we've sort of like a crash. Can, we, can I just mention about Casino Royale? Not that it's a racing mm. film, because it isn't, but the, the crash with the Aston Martin, yes. where it's, it broke the record for the amount of flips. Mm. I wonder how many flips would it have done without the, the power ram? Oh yeah, because because it, it was it was it had pitched power over, ramp, wasn't it? Yeah, because yeah. um, it's impo- it's virtually impossible. I'm not saying it's, well, it it is possible to turn a car over at high speed when you do a full turn, mm. but not with that amount of that amount of, you know spins. It really did flip and turn, didn't it? it was um, it nine? I think something like that, something crazy it. like that. But um, but this is probably one of those engineering questions. You know, you, mm. you, you would you would answer the question as an engineer: Is it possible to flip a car and it to roll like that? Well. Yeah, not unless you're spectacularly unlucky. Yeah, um, you know, there's, there's, if you, if you watch, there used to be a load of uh, compilation videos that you mm. could buy, and they were all a little bit too expensive um, back in the VHS <laughs> days. You know, and it would be like a, 
perhaps a 55 minute video of all the crashes mm. um, <laughs> from, from various motor racing caveat being that nobody mm. dies well yeah I was going to say yeah, because yeah, it would no, be a little bit depressing if it was like you know just, um, just, just films of people generally losing their lives. Exactly, exactly. But mm. but but there's yeah, there's completely unintentional ones in there where you see cars going end over end or flipping mm. like mad. Um, but no, I, th- I think yeah, for Casino Royale to set that record in, mm. the, in the film was bloody impressive. Um, I was yeah. I was slightly jumping back to Guy Martin here, but I was watching mm. the one with the mm. hovercraft where it showed the the t- footage of, of course, um, you know. The guy you saw, well, not, you didn't see him obviously, he'd been dead for a long time now, but the bluebird. Oh. And it also showed the other footage of that, that other chap who, who got killed, uh, where you see his, his seat literally ejected out to the front and then just go. Oh, know. John Cobb. Yeah, yes. yeah, Cobb, yeah. And the Crusader. Yeah, that wow, that was. That's what you call craft. Should it's, we... a, it's a good link, though. I will. I will use this as, a, as an excuse to, uh, oh, to God, talk yeah. about a couple of related films because if you look at racing films. Um, on, on the online internet, um, then then you will find things like um, the world's fastest Indian, mm. which is uh, is is a true life story of um, Bert. What's his name? Um, Anthony Hopkins is basically playing uh, this role in which he aims to take this motorcycle to Bolivar. Ah, I was going to say, is it um, because I seem to and, yeah and, mm. and break the world record on it. Um, now, okay, that's. That, that's one racing film, but it's funny because Anthony Hopkins also played Donald Campbell. I was going to say, yeah, that's a nice little link there to that. Yeah. Um, in Across the Lake, which was a Screen One production back mm. in, I think, um, 1988 or something like that. It might have been, yeah. Mm. That's um, that's where I first became aware of Campbell, which was through that film. Yeah, and it's a great film. Yeah, it's a brilliant um, film. Never had a commercial release, mm. but I do have a copy. Across the Lake, a true story of one man's will to succeed. Donald Campbell. Cast off now. The point is to get this bloody record. I'm going to do it, I'm The last in a line of a unique breed of record breakers. An insight into the problems he had to contend with. And I've just heard the weather forecast. There's black ice. Very dangerous. The battles against mechanical failure. Set by old station. Now she's cut out again. He's punch drunk. Maybe he was a record breaker once, but he isn't anymore. And against relentless press criticism. There's an American, but he couldn't even see the markers. A look into his personal moments. The heartaches. I love you. I like to get us finished, Donald. The rows. Boy, what the hell do you think you were doing? Getting some practice. You don't practice at 286 miles an hour without a break and not even a rescue boat in sight. The challenge. Just want this damn record. And a record that was waiting to be claimed. What's plus 47 then? It's very short. Two ninety seven. Anthony Hopkins as Donald Campbell. I'm making my return run. Across the lake, he pushed too far, once too often. Um, oh, really? Yes. Yeah. No, <laughs> of course. Of course you would. <laughs> of course I am. Um, but yeah, but th- those are two, two um, films in which Anthony Hopkins plays a, plays mm. a very big part and is, is formative stuff. Mm. I like, I must admit, Hopkins is he's a, he's a clown. That's an underrated actor, really. I mean, I know he took himself a bit too seriously at one point, but I love him in All Creatures Great and Small. 
in the film. He plays a great C3 Varnum. Really? Yeah, yeah, he played the first C3 Varnum. This the follow up, the sequel where it shouldn't happen to a vet, uh, <sighs> was played by somebody else who was in Secret Life of Sherlock Holmes. Ah, Bert Munro is, uh, is is the chap who uh, Anthony Hopkins was depicting in the world's fastest Indian. Ah. There we go. Great film, really great. Um, he his his does he have a happy ending? His character in New Zealand. I'm not telling you. Oh, well, okay. Um, <laughs> but I recommend a watch of, yeah. of the world's fastest Indian. Again, it's one of those things where you don't have to really care about motorcycles because yeah. Um, yeah, the film Hopkins does it justice. Is, yeah, he's a great actor and he plays a very amenable uh, New Zealander mm. who uh, goes to the states and basically wins people over with his charm and forms a. Uh, if I remember correctly, a very uh, improbable uh, relationship with a transvestite. Oh, right, okay. Um, so it's one of those films that slightly blindsides you. You think it's going to be all pistons mm. and oily rags, um, and, it's... and it's a real human story. <laughs> okay. Sounds really interesting. <laughs> yes, yeah. right. Well, yeah, we can we can watch that, but as ever, yeah, yeah. as is the point of this, this show, Mr. Madding, <laughs> uh, the idea is that I get, this is where I get my revenge uh, for... The uh, well, to be, to be fair, it's another movie that had cars, car, lots of car lights. Um, where you sat me down in front of the Blues Brothers, yeah. Um, I think this and, is rather unfair, and made me watch that. Um, <laughs> no, not, not totally against my will, but only because I hadn't, yeah. Um, but this is going to be another one of those podcasts where I sit you in front of something, and yes, we get fresh reaction there yeah. and then. What are we watching? Um, well. This is the thing. As I've said, when, when you have motor racing films, yeah, sometimes it's like it's like the thing that happens when you get to Jaws 3, mm. um, where the shark's chasing people inland <laughs> in a car. Mm. Um, it's one of those things that starts slapping in the face of their stupidity. Um, and therefore, among all racing films, there have got to be a couple of absolute turkeys. Yeah. Arguably, Days of Thunder is a massive turkey of a film, but it, it's, it has huge entertainment value. Yeah. Um, but we're actually watching Driven. Yeah, you see, now I, I was quite excited because I thought we were going to watch Drive. No. <laughs> we're watching Which is Driven. the... Um, now, Drive is the... What's his name? I can't remember his name now. But I, I saw it in the shop the other day. I thought, oh, I better not buy that because that's what we're going to be watching. And then it suddenly <laughs> dawned on me that, of course, we're not watching that, are we? Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Oh, Karen Mulligan, of course, who was in Doctor Who. Yes, yeah. Um, no, Drive is a rather is a rather nice film, actually. Yeah. Um, with with the um, the easy on the eye Ryan Gosling. Easy. But no, we're, we're watching... Um... Yeah, um, see, what happens is you, you've gone to Netflix, you put in Drive, and then you accidentally put an N on the end of that. And what you end up is um, <laughs> is Driven, um, which is a film... Um, <laughs> which is a film... I'm not even going to let you look at the oh, IMDb <laughs> listing on it. Which is a film starring Sylvester Stallone... Um, and other such names as um, Kip Pardew, mm. Till Schweiger, mm. who, who will be familiar to fans of German uh, cinema. Yeah. Uh, Gina Gershon. Oh, yeah. Nice. No, she's nice. Um, Is she in it a lot? Robert Sean Leonard. Oh. Um, now, yes. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to annoyingly sit you down in front of this with no introduction whatsoever. Okay, cool. Um, are we going to... We're gonna. Should we talk about um, the remaining ones we've got in there? Yeah. Because I've got a feeling that I, I'll lose the will to live after watching this film. 
Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a good reaction piece. I want to throw in, I want to throw in off the top of my head uh, a French a couple of French films, Ooh. if I may, uh, Luc Besson films, Taxi. Ah, yes, and Taxi Two as well. I'm not seeing Taxi Three, but one and two are brilliant films, dreadfully remade um, <laughs> for America in, in America, which should not. It's just, and it, oh, I'm not even going to go there. But I think the, the driving sequences in the in the taxi films are absolutely brilliant. Hmm. They are absolutely, and also Transporter again, best on films. The um, Jason Statham films, the easy on the eye, Jason. The easy on the eye, Statham. Uh, I think they're great as well because then he has to drive a BMW and, ah, well, and you know my thoughts on BMWs yes I'm afraid I do I, actually I saw something that I thought was almost like uh, the 8th one of the world the other day I saw a BMW driver indicate are they fitted with those? Oh, wow it surprised me and also gave me a hand gesture and it wasn't the, it wasn't the normal one you get from a BMW driver really? it was actually a wave because I let him go through because I was so impressed you he was indicating I let him go and you could see he was so happy <laughs> he was so happy oh well, you know you don't you don't get a lot of love when you're driving a German a German no. car have you just got Luke Besson there? I've just looked at Luke Besson because oh, you Leon, actually mentioned one of the best um, films in the world yeah no see Leon's fantastic um uh Taken two, he's down over there. Well, we taken we, three. Well, yeah, you know, next, there's always a time next, for a bit of Liam Neeson next year. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm just looking through um, transported the series. Oh, really? Um, where he was executive producer on the five episodes of that. I'm sure that was cancelled pretty quickly. Hmm. Um. Now then, because I'm just looking and seeing because Luke Besson's got a, a terrific. Um, a terrific record, no, no question about that. Um, Transporter three, there you go. Taken, he was producer on Taken. Um, Taxi four, going right back to two thousand and seven. Oh, wow. oh, I've not seen three or four, oh. so I'm, I'm, I'm basing my judgments on one and two. Mm. I think when you start to get towards three or four, I think they they started just over super up the car a little bit, and I think I probably lost a little bit of a little bit of interest in it really. Yeah, Transporter two back in two thousand and five. Um, taxi um, yeah, yeah. in 2004 um, but he also uh, he co-producer of a film uh, called Michel Vaillant um, oh, okay. which is a an adaptation of a French comic strip about a French racing driver ah. um, now I've just started getting into this because you know, I'm a big fan of comic books and I've got mm. a few uh, Michel Vaillant uh, books to start getting into and once I've seen those I might have a cheeky look at the uh, at the film as well oh, I have okay. a horrible um, horrible suspicion it'll probably disappoint me as much as um, the Tintin film disappointed me I've still um, not seen the Tintin film it's um, yes it's, it's, it's I think not, as soon as you turned around and said that you were quite you were disappointed correct. by it I kind of lost the lost the interest in doing it really I was just trying to work out if Luke Besson had done Ronin um, yeah. But I, I think oh. I'm making the link with Jean Reno, who was, yeah, uh, who was, was in Leon. Leon. Yeah. Um, but beca- because what I'm thinking of is there we go, the Ronin film from 1998, um, which was directed by John Frankenheimer. That's oh, a, well, there that's we a go. Circular reference yeah. because I was about to say the car chase sequence through Paris mm. in Ronin is one of my favourites of all time. Yeah. Um, and especially if you've got John Frankenheimer who directed Grand Prix. Um, yeah. yeah, terrific, terrific. So, um, yes. Well, let's go on to two films that um, came out uh, pretty well, not so much close to each other, but I, I think, especially the first one about Senna. 78, I came to Europe. 
to compete for the first time. It was pure driving. It was real racing. And that, that makes me happy. There was an energy, a force, a spirit. It was electrifying. It was the last time either of them would be on the podium. Ayrton ran out of luck. There is a lot to go, a lot to learn, a lot to do. But I have plenty of time. Pure driving, real racing. That makes me happy. Which I believe was... I don't, I don't like to use the word snubbed, but was 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 not uh, nominated for an Oscar, which I think was frankly horrendous. Um, I think it got a BAFTA, didn't it? No, of course, because BAFTA know what they're talking about. Yes, it's Oscar. They don't know, do they? But uh, yeah, Senna produced by Tim Bevan, Eric Fellner, and James Gay Reese, written by Manish Panda. Of course, it starred the legendary Ayrton Senna, Alain Prost, Alain Prost, sorry, Frank Williams, uh, not the one from. Dad's Army, uh, <laughs> and Ron Dennis, uh, release date uh, October 2010, uh, 25th of May 2011, and over here in the UK, 3rd of June 2011, 106 minutes. It's two different versions of um, Senna. Which is why I know when I saw it, because it was on the 3rd of June 2011. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Afternoon showing... Yes, the, because uh, you saw it twice, didn't you? Because I, I went with you the second time, hmm. um, and... Also, my bit because I mean I know I know Senna is really important to you. Um, I thought it was possibly the most well-made documentary film I've ever seen. Beautifully put together. I felt a little bit sorry for Alan Pross, really, the parts of it, but you know, obviously he he knows the film. I, I know he came off good at the end, kind of thing, to certainly in the film. There's a, there's a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I I felt all the way through. A bit like when you know that you've got to go to the dentist and you know you're going to have that feeling that it's going to hurt. Hmm. And, that's, the, and that's, that's not a problem with the film because you can't help history. You can't get away from the fact that hmm. this film is going to end on a low point. Hmm. And it does end on a low point because he loses his life. 
But the build-up to it and the, the arguments and the talk of the rain and the safety issues and all that, and especially, of course, was it Rassenberger who died yes. the, the day before? Yes. The terrible death of Rassenberger for, for uh, well, basically, the neck roll, wasn't it, really? It, it kind of, like, death straight away. He's... Is what is most upsetting is the fact that you you, you know if nowadays and and thankfully so, if a, if a driver lost a ride, lost his life during um, you know um, build up to the race, then the chances are the race probably wouldn't go ahead the day after maybe. Um, it's a it's a pretty fair assumption I would say. Um, I mean it's 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 very very difficult to tell. Um, we've had a couple of uh, a couple of nasty. Oh, only recently Nasty as well. With, only um, recently with Jules Bianchi. Um, how is he? Running off. At, at, this t- at this point in time? At this point in time, really no word. Um, oh, it's, a, it's, a very, it's a very grave head injury. Um, well, you, you drove know. straight into the back of a crane. Uh, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Power. I mean, there's, I mean there's, there's, there's no disguising that. Um, so, but yeah, and, and that, you know, what, once the severity of that in, uh, mm. incident was realised, then... Um, I think a combination of that and the conditions, they stopped the Japanese Grand Prix. This isn't the, this isn't the first time that something like this has happened at a Japanese Grand Prix with, with weather conditions, though, is it? Um, they tend to they do tend to, t- to hold these races at a commercially convenient point, um, mm. which means that often in the case of like Malaysia and, mm. and Japan, it's often in monsoon season, and also they do tend to have them at the point at which. Um, the the race start is a time that's convenient for global viewers. So but that was the argument that was with, with, so it's going into the going to the center kind of thing, though, isn't it? Really, hmm. when 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 I was talking about that, that that was put in commercialism before, you know, um, driver safety, hmm. and that's that's paramount in in, in Rush and Senna actually. Hmm. Than anything. Yes. Yeah. I mean, th- th- there is there is that um, that that element of. Um, um, yeah, there's this kind of doom-ridden mm. element uh, that that comes into that. Uh, there's, um, you know, there's always it when you get into Formula One and you have you know TV schedules and everything mm. to to kind of um, to kind of front up to. It's it's hugely disadvantageous mm. if you're not able to run it or you know because this is ultimately most sports business. Yeah, yeah. Um, in Europe anyway, it's it's more of an entertainment form. Um, and more of a family-friendly activity in the states, funnily mm. enough. Um, but yeah, um, it's you know it, there are there are a lot of uh, compromises which are made, mm. and there's, there's this kind of gladiatorial element of of, of sending these guys out did in you, very dangerous conditions. Did you notice? Uh, I need to watch Senator again, actually, because when I when I got it on DVD, I watched it straight away as soon as mm. I got it because I so I, I so wanted to watch it again, probably because of the fact that I knew. The initial shock of, of, of you know getting that out of the way of knowing what's going to happen, I could then sit back and watch it in my own home and, and just be a little bit knowing what was going to come. There's a bit where you see I don't know if it's his, it can't be his son. I think it's his his sister's son. Is it on the boat? His nephew. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure that's slightly edited on the DVD. That it's shorter. I'm sure it was longer on the when I was watching the film. That might have been just me though. That might have just um, been sort of like maybe I made that. Maybe I, I saw that happy moment. A little bit more longer than than what it actually was. I don't know, but I mean, you, you know, Senna was more important. Well, you know, it's really important to use. I mean, what what was your thoughts of of seeing that for the first time? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was I was about to go on a business trip on the the next day. So what I did was I just basically ran into the cinema um, on the day it was released mm. um, and got the afternoon showing, and then had to kind of go away the next day. 
Um, largely because I was, you know, I had a huge amount of in- emotional investment in it, mm. really. Um, so I sat down and, um, you know, it, it, kind of like the first showing went, it was a bit of a blur because most of the footage in it was stuff I'd seen, was stuff yeah. I knew about, um, and stuff that, as I was watching Senna, who was my hero when I was in my teens, mm. um, it was stuff that I'd watched over and over again. Yeah. Um, and it's nice that they hadn't done too much with the film grain <laughs> of it because you could still get the idea that this is video. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it, it's all watched back on video. All the um, all the archives are stored on video, um, and it does give that very over the time mm. look. Yeah, kind of. of it's the, like, the yeah, it's like when you see football being played, and you, you hear Coleman talking about the you know. The... <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah, you know, when you mm. see football on film, mm, yeah. that really dates it, doesn't yeah. it? It makes really. a World Cup that does. It's kind of like I, that's how I, I, I like remembering World Cups was seeing like Brazil on videotape, kind of thing playing it, and and, and the, the classic you know muffled kind of like commentary, mm. you know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there, there was a there was a lot of um, you know, very evocative stuff in there. Lots of you know, slightly grainy footage. Um, lots of footage of people like um, Murray Walker and other mm. uh, well-known Formula One commentators. No, Nigel Mansell in that film. Very little Mansell. Mm. Um, and this is the thing you, you mentioned, Prost. And I think um, the the award that um, that. Um, that Senna won uh, actually won best documentary film BAFTAs Beth, yeah. 2012 but best editing as well at BAFTAs mm. 2012 um, and they created an amazing story um, but they had to leave a lot out I think I saw an interview where they said the first cut of the film came to something like three or four hours Oof. because of all the footage that they wanted to use it's good to see though oh amazing good to have an extended It'd edition great yeah um they really did have to, you know, to create that dramatic tension. Pitching Alan Prost in as the um, as the nemesis, mm. as the arch villain, was it was the easy thing to do. Yeah, um, and they went for it. Um, Has he commented on there that or anything? There isn't. Um, there's a nice interview in Motorsport magazine this mm. month, which is uh, one of the guys who was at McLaren uh, mentioning the film to Prost and you know saying, "Oh, I saw that ridiculous film, Senna." Um, and Prost going, oh yeah, well, you know, I think he's he's kind of got over it. I think this is the thing: the the second that Senna died in in uh, nineteen ninety four, mm. um, secured his legend, mm. basically. Mm. Um, it's it, it, it's it's what will happen. I mean, James Hunt in the end faded away. Yeah, um, you know, he, he died young. Uh, he was forty three, forty four when he died, and looked older. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, but. But yeah, if somebody dies at the, at the height of their career, mm. um, you would you'd liken it to uh, Jim Clark. Yeah, yeah, you'd liken it to um, Villeneuve. Oh, Villeneuve, or, mm. or you know, you you'd liken it to um, I don't know any musicians. Mm. Um, yeah, any, the Club Twenty Seven, I suppose. Yeah, 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 or Janis mm. Joplin, or um, um, or John Lennon. Mm. John Lennon's a. a Kind of very similar. Very yeah, because, yeah, because character. I mean, yeah, I mean, the others they they caused their own death as Lennon was murdered, and I suppose to a certain. I'm not saying that Senna was caused, but of course Senna's death was not his own well, driving. Really, it was. Really. I know it's it's part and parcel of you know mm. of the business they're in. But at the at that particular point, there hadn't been a fatality at a Formula One event for twelve years, mm. um, and so it was just so 
incredibly unusual for for two to happen at the one yeah. race event. Well, I was quite sad with that as well. That like they found um, was it the Austrian flag? Um, legend says. Yeah, yes, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not mm. sure how corroborated that was. The idea being that Senna wanted to win the race and display the Austrian yeah. flag as tribute to Ratzenberger. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there is a lot of legend around this, and this, you know, there, there's a there's a huge bookshelf behind me with a lot, yes. of, a lot <laughs> of. I know um, um, Max Mosley. Um, I, I might get this wrong now, but I'm sure he attended. Um, Rassenberger's funeral because he said that no one else would, was going to go because of the fact that of course Senna's death over, it's a bit like it's a bit like Lady Diana's death overshadowed was it Teresa? Oh possibly yeah it's <laughs> an interesting you know, parallel to I mean, draw, yeah. you know, and I'm no, no disrespect to anybody hmm. you know but uh, Mother Teresa had quite a good history I'd say <laughs> really more <laughs> than anything yeah. she had a good run you know and did an awful lot of good and I think you know, and as he said like you know everyone was going to go to no disrespect to Senna but there was there was only I think only four Formula One drivers who went to to his funeral purely because mm. of the fact that it was, everything was just overshadowed, which is a shame, really. But oh, definitely, you know, and what, it, you know, it, even if it had just been Ratzenberger killed at that event, it would have been mm. a real shock to the system oh, that, God, that yeah. precipitated a lot of changes in mm. technical um, I, I technical was, agreements. And I was watching some yeah. winners doing it, trying to get a little bit of information stuff, and you know when you just type on YouTube and it had and I, I, the guy's still alive. But it's that footage of him. He hits the barrier and he's ejected. It's still in his seat, Ooh. and he lands in the middle of the the the, uh, the racetrack, and his foot's mangled. Oh, that's and that's footage. That footage is in the yeah, center film. In the center film Ma- yeah, Martin Donnelly. Yeah, I mean, he, and he's still he, obviously he survived that. But you look at that and you think, no, no, he's 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 gone. Oh yeah, it's but terrifying. I mean that. Yeah, you know. but I quite agree with you. The, the the whole film has this very kind of yeah, it, it's. It's a heartwarming film. It mm. shows, you know, a young driver mm. becoming a great driver. Yeah, in England as well, which is, I didn't know. I oh, didn't yeah, know yeah. about that. that he, was... he did a lot of a lot of his formative stuff in um, in England. Uh, he was based in Norfolk mm. near to Snetterton. Yeah, because that's what was really nice about that. He had that British driver on who he he, he drove with over here. And he was talking about it in the film, and it's stuff oh, like Terry oh, Fullerton, yeah. The cartoon, you know, right? yeah, again, from you know, from from from, from like my point of view, not knowing anything like that was so nice to see and so informative. Mm. Again, though, like we said, slightly overshadowed by knowing what's coming. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And um, the the thing you'll notice if you watch the film again is that you know I, th- I think that there should have also been um, there should have been a lot of recognition of the music actually mm. because it mm. was very evocative stuff. Mm. Um, you know you. You could you could put it on and it would just be wow okay whew. yeah you know it, it takes you right back to some some of those scenes which li- which are leading up to the um, mm. to the conclusion of the film. Do you think the final scene was handled well? I mean, the, the impact scene, I should say. Um, I mean, it was it was handled as sensitivity as you'd expect. It was because it, it could easily have been overglorified, couldn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you showed it once. Mm. You showed both accidents just the once, mm. um, which you know they they took place and it happened in front of a global mm. audience watching live, mm. um, and so there's no reason not to show it in the film. Yeah. Um, if you'd showed it again and again from multiple angles, like you showed <laughs> like, an explosion, like JFK, film, head um, forward, roll back. Uh, well, for- <laughs> yeah, that, that would have been mortgage. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that that Senna is the is a hundred percent the truth. Mm. Um, and, and we'll talk about that when we come on to the next film that yeah. we're talking mm-hmm. about as well. Um, it's it's one view of the story, 
and mm. it's a very compelling view of the story but and I do I do agree that Prost comes out of it um, rather mm. badly although there's a moment of redemption at the end mm. um, uh, but but really you know the the, the illustration of the man's um, humanity mm. the illustration of He's the way Brazil, he, can, he can, yeah he yeah. loved his country mm. um, the way in which he he could drive a vehicle mm. um, at the top speed at which that vehicle could be driven. The Monaco race is a pure example of that, isn't it? Where he kind of said he just goes into. And I heard, I heard, um, like we mentioned about Stadium Moss earlier on. He said that I, I, I don't even know what I'm doing because it's just I'm not me anymore. I am the car, hmm. and literally it's that kind of thing where I'm not. I don't need to think about it. My body's automatically doing it. And I remember Sturdy saying that when he got back into his car. Hmm. And I think also, um, well, we'll, we'll come back to Washington, but, but I mean, um, as soon as he said, I had to think about what I was going to do is the time I gave up. Yes, spot mm. on. Um, yeah, the, the delight of the Senna film was watching, as you say, the, the lap um, of Monte Carlo. Yeah. Um, which was probably... Monica, I did Monica, didn't I? Oh, yeah, but the same, the same place, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's it's fa- fabulous because you get full screen in the cinema, mm. and you get full surround sound. So you mm. have that the, the sound of that one and a half liter um, yeah. Honda Turbo um, in the back of the car screaming away. Um, and it's it's worth watching. There's lots of YouTube videos of, mm. of Senna driving Monaco, and and the thing that you notice is that you know the, uh, as he's driving along, you're seeing not only is he sliding the car really mm. considerably, um, he's also changing gear manually. Yeah, I mean that's because uh, didn't he break his gearbox at one point? Um, well, I mean and you know, gearboxes were yeah. a lot more fragile. There, and um, yeah, I'd like you, to see that. Come you're, back. you're thinking, yeah, um, personally, cause I, I think. I mean, I, I, I like Formula One. I've got more into Formula One since since I knew really more than anything. Yeah. But I think, you know, I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of. I mean, I could never drive a car like as fast as I could. I wouldn't even want to. But I don't know. When you look at manually changing gear and you, you're doing everything like, you know, the pedal kind of, all these kinds of stuff, I think there's a lot of skill in that, more skill in that. You do have to else. be very mechanically sympathetic. Mm. And it's, it comes back to the, you know, there's some engineering and racing for mm. you. Um, but, um, but, yeah, um, you're thinking of the Brazilian race where he lost pretty much everything but our sixth yeah. gear. And, yeah. You know, limped home till the end. <laughs> um, and, you know, won his home race mm. after uh let's see that was 91 so on the sort of seventh attempt where he could have won it god knows yeah. how many times and you know in 88 he ran into somebody and you know oh, i think what, what, what is what is also good about that film though is the fact that yeah, how it highlights the change and it, am i right in think am i right in saying that he was the the doctor who was also his friend sid watkins yeah who was was very much a pinnacle of of changing of safety after Senna's death towards Formula 1. And is he still involved in that kind of thing? Or is, is he now Well, um, Sid Watkins sadly died in 2012, oh, really? yes. Oh. But, I mean, he's, he, he's got an amazing legacy mm. of... Um, I mean, he was, a, he was a close personal friend of Senna's. Mm. Um, the number of people that will come out the woodwork now and say, I was a terrific close personal friend of Senna's, you know, he wouldn't have had time to talk to all these people, the number no, of people yeah, who are claiming yeah. this. But, uh, but, yeah, Sid Watkins was a, mm. was a big friend and um, a big campaigner for... Uh, um, for increased safety um, mm. and a lot of the changes that you see um, in Formula particularly the higher sides of the cockpit which means mm. that the driver's helmet is less visible yeah, and therefore the head is more protected um, are a direct consequence of what mm. happened in 94 um, obviously you know you're still at this point where with a Formula 1 car the fundamental element of this is that 
it's it's a single seater. It's an open cockpit, mm. um, unlike you know the Le Mans cars, which you know it's it's a mix of different types of, mm. of vehicle uh, at Le Mans. So you have open cockpit, you have closed cockpit. Formula One must be open cockpit, in my view. Mm. But sadly, that's the kind of thing that means if you get to the, an impact at the wrong angle, like Bianchi yeah. in uh, in Japan. Um, it, uh, it really doesn't go very well. But again, but saying that, I think, I think even if he had any kind of canopy or any kind of like, even like a, a rigid roll thing that went across, I don't think that would have helped him to honestly honest with you. It wouldn't have helped. Yeah. Talking about um, Formula One legends who are um, not doing too good, any, any um, Schumacher news? Uh, it's um, been very, very quiet, hasn't it? And, and not rightly so, I think. You know, mm. it's good to have a bit of privacy in these kind of um, things yes I mean the, you know, it, again it's clearly very grave news mm. uh, about Michael Schumacher the um, his website had been suspended for a long time um, shortly after the the instance I think you know one way or another there was a lot of interest uh, mm. I think it may have gone down due to the amount of traffic mm. um, and for a long time out of out of respect and basically to stop you know any kind yeah. of mawkishness then uh, it was taken down with a simple holding page, but mm. now it's back up, um, and it's actually to commemorate the 20th anniversary of Michael's first world championship, oh, right. okay. um, which he won in the year that Senna mm. died. Um, oh wow! Oh, so, yes, of course, so yeah. it, it was mm. it was Schumacher's championship to lose from that point on, really. Um, and you know, due to a long, long number of complicated reasons, Damon Hill held him to the last um, <laughs> to, the, to the last race, and then they famously came together. But um, yeah, it was. Uh, Really topsy turvy season, um, but yes, no. There's still no news on on Schumacher, mm. but his you know well, no, celebrating his 20th anniversary yeah, of his. I suppose no news is good news in the day. I mean, um, yeah, they're, they're saying he's making progress. What mm. from what point? I think it's probably one of the things where you know. Hopefully, I mean, I don't think he'll make a full recovery, but I mean, hopefully, he'll do a, a good enough recovery to maybe you know he wants he only wants to come out and into the public when he's he feels he's not going to be like if I hate to say but like a pointy freak show kind of thing of like, uh, exactly and nobody, nobody wants that really mm. um, I think of Michael was it Michael Watson the boxer who who, who had that when he got knocked out and he, he had like a brain, oh, massive had brain, brain, damage, and, yeah. brain damage and came out and you you, you, you seen him one minute boxing then knocked out and the next minute you see him in a wheelchair quite quite bad it's mm. you know uh, you know I know it's um, not a good thing but going from um, Senna mm-hmm. to uh, another crash, I suppose, to a certain degree, because it's the centre of the film, is Rush. The closer you are to death, the more alive you feel. You're James, aren't you? Yes. Who's that? It's Nicky Lauda. He's just been signed by Ferrari. This is nobody. Look at the way he's driving like an old man. Right now, with zero incentive, why would I drive fast? Because I'm asking you to. This is an incredible battle between these two great drivers. Next time I'll have you. No chance. You're just a party guy. That's why everybody likes you. Yes, I know, I'm terrible. No, you're not terrible. You're just who you are at this point in your life. To be a champion, it takes more than just being quick. You have to really believe it. I've been waiting for this my whole life. I 
I can beat this guy, trust me. He's consistent, dependable. Will he put his life on the line the day that really matters? Welcome to the racing grudge match of the decade. I think we followed the making of this when it was first announced what was going on. It was slight trepidation. Mm-hmm. But we, I do like Ron Howard. I like the fact that Ron Howard kind of has this thing where he wants things to be done right. Mm-hmm. I know, and I know you said it, and I know many people turned around and said the one thing that they, was most important was the sound mm-hmm. of the car. And I think they pulled that off pretty well. <laughs> yes. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, they used um, a, a lot more um, actual proper um, Formula One cars mm. the period they used um, quite a bit of actual footage yeah. uh, from the time um, where they don't use footage for any racing enthusiast you know if you see a, a, a caption that says it's one motor racing circuit it's generally pretty recognisable as another one <laughs> um, as a as a story I mean as a, as a fundamental story the 1976 World mm. Championship battle between you know the lion-hearted James Hunt and the uh, the Austrian. Yeah, a lot of mm. people think German, but Austrian Nicky Lauda, yeah. Germanic, but but not German um, Nicky Lauda, um, is an amazing story and fully deserved to have a film made about it. There are little uh, a few points where the drama is over-egged, but it's a Ron Howard feature film, and you kind of well, Apollo, buy that when you buy did Apollo 13. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's, he did well to make a film, I mean, a, a fantastic film, and I love watching that, I think it's a great film, but mm. you've got to add, I suppose, a little bit of artistic licence into something like that. Did you think uh, Chris Hemsworth pulled it off as James Hunt? Mm, there's The Hollywood James Hunt, I should point out. It's feel, the, it does feel very Hollywoodish, doesn't it? I mean, it is a Hollywood film, this is the thing. Um... A, a British making of that film would probably be more technically accurate, but probably mm. a lot more dry. Written by Peter Morgan, though, of course, who's most well known for doing all the political things about Tony Blair. And, he and, did The Damned United as well, didn't he? Or... Yeah, and uh, yeah, Damned United, and he also did, of course, Frost Nixon. Oh, well. Mm. So, presumably, working with um, uh, Michael, Michael Sheen. Sheen. Yeah. yeah. Not Martin Kenny Sheen. Williams. Yes. Not Martin Sheen. <laughs> 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 um, no, see, uh, uh, that's a very good point you raise because Michael Sheen, I think, could have done an amazing Nicky Lauda. Well, I, I think, I mean, Daniel, is it Daniel Brewer? Yeah. Brewer, he was outstanding. He was very, very good. I, I think, personally, I mean, I think he acted everybody off. Olivia, well, I think he acted everybody off the, the screen on that one mm. because, I mean, not only did he look like him, 
pre pre crash after crash, hmm. he just nailed everything about him. I mean, you know, he, hmm. he, he, he. I mean, I don't know whether he spent some time with him or not. I don't know, but oh yeah, Nicky Lauda did, hmm. did, did did he did say that he wanted to meet the actor, um, and basically, I think it was one of these occasions where they'd met at an airport and said, oh well, you know, get yourself a, a ticket back on the next flight because if I don't like you, that's exactly where you're going. Oh right, really? Um, so yeah, Nicky Lauda was very. Yeah, I'm not sure how much of a veto he had. But I was going to say, I don't, to, I don't think... Uh, definitely wanted to meet the actor. Yeah. Not. I mean, OK, I know he has to, he's, got, he's definitely got false teeth in that film. But, I mean, he, he nails it. Well. Oh, I think I was a, bit, a little bit put out. Like, I thought it was a brilliant film. I really enjoyed it. And I, I saw it at the Arctic, so I had, you know, the whole cinema kind of almost to myself, which, ah. was great, which is the reason why I like the Arctic. I was a little bit put out by Chris Hemswell. I don't know what it was. I think because I've seen, all, I, I knew James Hunt anyway. I, mean, so I didn't know James Hunt, but I mean through through film, through scene in racing, hmm. and later on as a comment, you know, in commentary. Yeah. I felt he was sort of like a little bit sort of like old boy, you know, kind of like the the way people think posh people in Britain speak. I mean, there's no great in the way that he, well, he did have a good accent and stuff, but there was a bit of that. I mean, the the opening scene um, where he's turned. He's turned up at the hospital. hospital yeah, um, is a great entry. Yeah, is he, that true? He, he really does. <laughs> um, now, I think I think he probably made his entrance to the hospital at that point. Mm. Um, how he made his entrance to uh, anybody else? Um, now, this is the thing where they have overegged a few of the dramatic points um, and maybe some of the disagreements. Mm. Um, you know, there's a scene where he attacks a journalist, which I think yeah. is, is 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 fabricated. Um, but as we've said, it's a Hollywood film. You'll mm. forgive him for a bit of embellishment. The bit that wasn't embellished, um, and the bit that they probably couldn't have told in the full truth of it, was exactly how much sex this man had. <laughs> um, he, he was legendary. Um, you know, he, he would he would stay um, he would stay at the at the hotel in uh, Tokyo, mm. where. Um, all of the flight attendants would stay, um, <laughs> and basically, as the flight attendants arrived and lif- arrived and left for their flights, um, it was a similar kind of shift going in and out of Hunt's <laughs> hotel room. You know, if he wanted fresh ones, he'd pop down to the bar for a bit, probably just in shorts and bare feet, because yeah. he he wasn't the English gent. No, uh, much as his behaviour might have indicated at some point. Do you think he put? Did he put his accent on, or was he? Oh, I mean, he, he, he well was spoke. He, he was a well-spoken guy, yeah. uh, and you know, he, he did come from a good family. He mm. just um, he just didn't respect any um, any rules or regulations. Or, are. <laughs> um, and great because um, there was a point where somebody said, "Well, you know, but you're, you're always hanging around in just scruffy jeans and oh, mm. t-shirts and um, you know shorts and stuff like that." And he said, "Well." Not everybody wants their racing drivers going around look like Jackie Effing Stewart. Which <laughs> <laughs> brings us back to Jackie Stewart, Jackie Stewart. and he's the antithesis now, of that. Now, the ultimate kind of like judgmental, you're, you're good lady, uh, uh, very much likes James Hunt. Big fan of James Hunt. Did, um, did, did, did uh, Hemsworth get the seal of approval? I think Hemsworth got the seal of approval, yeah, yeah uh, from a very easy presence on screen. Mm. Yes, I think so. Um, mm. But then again, you know, you enjoy the film, but then there's the um, there's the element at the end of the um, at the end of the film, mm. um, where they show actual footage of James Hunt, yeah, um, and at that point you just realise, ah, oh, but there was nobody like him. Mm. Um, 
you know, for, for all the fact that he's been, you know, uh, dramatically re- well represented in the film, mm. um, really there's nothing compares to the real yeah. thing. And that's, that's that's true of the legend of Hunt. It's true of the legend of Senna, really. Yeah, I mean, I thought as well with the crash, I mean, I know they, they recreated the crash and, um, and, and did a pretty good job, I thought, really, considering mm. what they had to do. Actually, at the same spot. Yeah, yeah. And I, I thought that was quite, that was really nicely handled. And I thought, you know, considering what Lad looks like now, I mean, he doesn't look too bad, really, considering how horrific his burns were. But also the fact that it shows his his determination to get back into racing. And as he said, whether this was true or not, I don't know. Possibly it was. The way he says that watching James Hunt win was helped him get back into race. And 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 you know, and and also fair play to his wife standing by him and that because it must have been hard for her to see him getting back into the cockpit of a car. And want to race, especially because you know, how painful that must have been putting a helmet on. Jeez, you know, I mean, oh yeah, that yeah. must have been. Horrific. But fair play again. The difference between Hunt and him, where I don't, I think that if, if that had happened to James Hunt, he would have just carried on and forgot, you know, pushed anything aside that loud have felt like what we said earlier on about, um, you know, Sterling Moss mm. and, and uh, the fact that he didn't feel right in the car. You know, he just didn't feel he had the nerve again. He didn't feel right driving it. And also, I mean, it must have been bloody hard to see as well because of what he'd gone through and right. gave up. But look what he made his life after as well. And now he's like he's a representative in, in Formula One. Hmm. He's always on the side of the track. I don't know how much of a pain in the arse he is. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he won uh, He won two two more world championships yeah. after yeah. that point. Um, I think yeah. that's the nice thing at the end of the film as well where he's standing there lo- lo- looking at his helicopters. Hmm. He's like, oh, I, I do flying now. He's got another challenge in order to go on as James just gets off into his car with a bottle of champagne and another bird and then, yeah. you know, tragically dies of a heart attack. Was it a heart attack, I think? I think it, it was, was a heart, heart attack, attack yeah, in, uh, yeah, in 1993. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's footage of him being thrown out of a club by a bouncer. And he <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, he, and he went into, um, he was a budgie fancier mm-hmm. uh, as, as well. <laughs> Always um, the birds. But yeah, I mean, he would he would travel around to budgie shows. Oh, really? Um, and he would stay in some various British provincial towns and the footage of him being thrown out of a nightclub was basically really low ebb because he'd had mm. some drinks, he'd been to a budgie show. So it wasn't as if it was related to anything motor racing. <laughs> so nobody knew to expect yeah. that James Hunt. And it's, it's like, you know, if you've got this crumpled figure who's mm. really lost it in front of you and, you know, to a bouncer that yeah. just looks like any other drunk and it must have been a shock if he, if he knew who he was. I think, I think that was a little bit how I felt so shocked seeing how one of my all-time favourite actors and comedians is Terry, Terry Thomas mm. and seeing he, what he looked like in his final days he's heartbreaking mm. because he mm. was down and out near enough spent all his money on medical care for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's oh, and it was only because of the fact that they had a, 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 a gala event that paid for him to, to go into a nice home mm. and um, he regained his speech well, just really. before, he, before he died and even Richard Bryce who is his, his cousin I think didn't know he was in such a bad way because the last thing that they all knew is living happily in Spain. No one knew that he'd moved back to England and was living in the bedsit. Gosh. And if you look up the last pictures of Terry Thomas, it's, you oh. wouldn't say it to him. No. That's shocking. Oh, gosh. So, um, are we going to go and watch this film then? <laughs> but yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think what, we, what we've got here is we've got um, you know, just, just proof that there are some absolute turkeys of racing films. Mm, but also um, some classic films that should be watched. Yes, yeah, and so you know, real um, recommendations out of out of this podcast, I would say, uh, are Le Mans for the mm. um, for the historical accuracy and the fact it's a bloody good film, and yeah. uh, Steve McQueen is excellent in it. Um, 
Senna is, in my view, the best motor racing film mm. um, of the lot. Um, I mean, it's okay. It's it, it's it's rooted in um, in reality, but it's such a powerful and well put together piece of uh, piece of film. Truth and Twenty Four are great films for uh, yeah. for learning a bit more about Le Mans. And Close to the Edge is um, is beautifully photographed yeah. uh, representation. I must of, go after I've got to get that on Blu-ray uh, actually of the uh, of the Alman TT. Um, and Rush, as we've said, is a is a great portrayal of that classic mm. battle. And now we're we going to see something possibly. <laughs> uh, this is this is where you, again you get slapped in the face with a film. <laughs> um, and yeah, the, the, there will be some points and. Um, where we've talked about having bad film night, mm. this would always be my nomination for bad film <laughs> night. You will not be unentertained by this. Excellent. Um, but yes, I'd be very interested in your reaction once I've tied you to a chair and stuck <laughs> you in front of Driven. Right, so we're going to pause this and we'll be back in a moment. In <laughs> fact, we'll be back in about 90 minutes. Um, but of course, for you, it'll be about two seconds. Yes. Today. I got a rookie driver. His name is Jimmy Fly. He's won five races. All you gotta do is help this kid. I can't do this. I thought I could handle it. You can, and you will. Don't overdrive the car. There's maybe 20 guys in the world that can drive these machines right. I think when he can get it together off the track, he'll come together on it. Throwing me out of your life? Don't blow this. It's not over. What are you doing back here, Joe? The race. For the job requirement, remember? If he doesn't deliver next time out, he goes. What do you do with Carl? Whatever it takes to win. You don't know who you are anymore. an attitude you gotta ask yourself is the pleasure gonna be worth the pain everyone falls down it's just how fast you get up right And welcome back to Waffleon. Um, I'm just... so so sorry. <laughs> so um, we've just sat through driven drivel. Oh. <laughs> so the, the plus points. So that's that wee was nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just had. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So yeah, Sylvester Stallone in a film produced by Sylvester Stallone and written by Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> and to be fair, he was probably the best thing in it. I mean, at least he acted in it, which is saying something. 
there was an awful lot of breasts in it. There were a lot of there breasts. There was a lot of, I think every other shot was breasts and arses and, and Burt Reynolds. Should have been the biggest arse in the whole film. Such a strange film. I mean, it was supposed to be based on on the world of Formula One, and Sylvester Stallone did a bit about um, of turning up at various Formula One events over the mm. course of like nineteen ninety nine, and and then apparently Bernie Eccleston said, "Oh no, you, you're not doing this." Apparently, there was a subplot about drug smuggling, and he said, "Oh, it's going to bring the sport into disrepute." <laughs> said Bernie Eccleston. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, <laughs> So, so then they went off and did it about um, car indie racing kind of in, in mm. the states, um, and and oh, it was just so spurious because there was obviously the clear Jensen Button character. There was the yeah, there was the arrogant German character. I can't work out what, what they were trying to get with that. <laughs> um, there was a team owner in a wheelchair. Yeah, um, it's ticking all the boxes, isn't it? But oh god, and yes, it's the wrong race series. They've got. But like Le Mans and like Grand Prix mm. and like you know a couple of other the, the, these films have been talking about, there's actual proper um, race footage in there as well. There's also a lot of clearly not real race footage flying through the air, <sighs> diving the into CGI. <laughs> I mean, the mirrors. Oh yeah! First of all, you can see his face. And then you see the car. I mean, what kind of... Yeah, look in the mirror and see somebody's face looming. Out. It's not the sat directly behind you on the side pod. It's bizarre. It's almost a little bit of... Um, do you think there's a little bit of Eddie Irvine in there as well? Oh, God. With, I, the, with I mean, the partying kind of thing. And uh, I mean, it, it, it. I have no idea what they're trying to get at. No. Um, you know, it's the whole returning old hand, which could have been anybody. Really. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's almost there's there's a bit of Rocky in it, but not as good. <laughs> there's a bit of Escape to Victory in it, especially the end the end scene. Mm. Um, and that, the whole thing was bad. I mean, it, the the music was bad. The music I just I just described it as saying is it's a bit like watching really bad soft porn, where you have got the crap dialogue, mm. the build up music, and then a bit of action, and even the action is not good. Yeah. And the over just, I mean, what was he thinking, the director Remy Martini? Well, there was the, there was a scene in the in the bar where it was just two people talking, and just frame a two shot for God's sake. The the, the angle changed about mm. six times, and they went round the, each side of them and just cut 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 between the identical shots. And she walked in with a white top on, and then got to the bar with a black top on. So yeah. the continuity was was out. The the oh, I mean the editor, whoever's the editor, don't please don't work again. Oh, but but yes, I mean that just goes to show. I mean I, th- I think there's there's probably quite a few um, second rate films out there, but that's mm. a third rate. That is yeah, it is, it is. I'm curious to actually go and read up on it when I get home now because I want I want to know a little bit more of how. Oh, you want to see a bit bit more of the vitriol people are directing yeah. at it? I want to see what 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 it was on Rotten Tomatoes because I mean that. <laughs> it was. It seemed like quite long as well, but it's actually it's quarter to nine, so it can't have been on for that long. It was Maybe one hour forty. Was, was it? So one hour forty, we won't get back then. Yeah, for enough. <laughs> no, no refunds. I crashed on the way home. No, oh. that was the last thing. I've yeah, seen. Because you were driving furiously, like it's because I, I was. I had a ten-speed gearbox. Yes. <laughs> Suddenly found another gear. Oh, I forgot about that gear. Great, I can win the race now by driving faster. I'm glad. I'm glad we watched that at the end of doing the podcast, as opposed to watching it at the beginning, because I wouldn't have had the will to live. It's a bit of a, a, a strength sapper. It is a bit. Um, but yes, um, but there was nothing yes. good at all. 
That's why it's a truly remarkable Nobody film. Nobody died. People, people think that Days of Thunder is a bit of a turkey, but my God. I'm going to buy Days of Thunder. Yes, <laughs> Just should. to make up for it. Yeah. I'm going to have a cruise night. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank, well, thank you kindly for putting me through that oh. drivel. Um, uh, yes. It was fun. To be fair, though, I mean, it was fun watching it because at least we was able to take the piss out of it. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. And I mean, it, was, it was good to see a film based on driving, which basically was just a lot of breasts. And some there really ropey-looking people in it as well. Oh, crikey, yeah. Including Burt Reynolds, who really has been stretched. Burt Reynolds has been stretched mm. and remounted on a different skull, yeah. it would appear, and polished. To and seems to have lost life. all of his charisma and acting skills. And a lot of nodding and pointing at each other, and thumbs up, and... Hey! <laughs> don't you die on me! Yes! Oh, no, that was awful. So, uh, we end this podcast <laughs> From the highs of motor racing films to the lows of motor racing films, but it just but, goes to uh, show. Yeah, so look, if there's any of those films that we've mentioned today, and you should go out and buy them, uh, head over to our Waffle On page, and you'll see our affiliates program, because we've got an affiliates program now, Excellent. where if you click on it, it'll take you to Amazon, those tax-dodging people, and um, you we get some money from it. I think we get about 0.1%. Well, you know, it's worth yeah. a go. Yeah, it's, someone bought a TV the other day using it. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, not bad, eh? Mm. So, I think it was 60p. Um, so, yeah, head over there. Uh, Pete, thanks for uh, the show. Thanks very much. <laughs> and, uh, Always a pleasure. We'll have to try and find something to, to watch. Something better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe how much that film has just taken it out of you. It really has. I feel quite drained. I'm glad I'm going to hospital tomorrow because I can have extra morphine. <laughs> anyway, that's the end of the show, and we'll see you again next month. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye.
If you would like to voice your opinions in written or vocal form, then please do email the lads at waffleonpodcast at gmail.com and await your views to be aired and then royally torn apart or praised. If you stalk the Internet and hide in such social networks as Facebook, then why not join the group page? It's easy to do. Just type Waffle On Podcast in the search bar, find the page, and join. This has been a Waffle On production. Copyright Simon Mettings and Mark C. Kelly. Be seeing you.